Have you heard you can listen to your favorite news podcasts ad-free? Good news. With Amazon Music, you have access to the largest catalog of ad-free top podcasts included with your Prime membership. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app or visit amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free and catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Welcome to the Lauren Interviews Podcast. I'm your host, Lauren Conlon. Okay, for today, I've got two men from, or best known from horror movies, because you know, it's October and everything. So I figured, um, let's make these episodes a little bit relevant. So I have Michael Berryman and Robbie England. Now, Michael Berryman is... Gosh, he's literally been in everything, but he is such a an interesting story because he was born with this condition where he was born without hair, without eyelashes, without fingernails. Um, yeah, so he um, had some struggles growing up and he was later discovered by George Powell, which I found to be interesting, the director, and he put him in his first horror movie. Now, I remember Michael Berryman from um, One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. That was like, I think, one of the first movies that I had ever seen him in. And he, oh my gosh, you're going to love some of these stories that he tells me during this interview. It, um, you know, he... I tried to edit it so he's kind of turned up a little bit, but like I said, the phone is kind of annoying. But no, he he just talks about um, some great moments on set with Jack Nicholson. And I mean, he, there's, you know, the the character Cheswick, he just tells a story about how Jack Nicholson like walked off set because Cheswick was annoying the shit out of him. <laughs> it's really good. But um, anyway, I, I cut out the first part of our interview because Michael lives in Florida and I made this really stupid joke about um, how the pandemic didn't exist in Florida. Like you guys know those memes I'm talking about, like, oh, there is a pandemic just because Florida is known for just going rogue and doing whatever they want. Anyway. He was like, oh, well, you know, two of my neighbors died. So, yeah, there was a pandemic. I was like, okay, I'm cutting this part out. Um, Anyway, (laughs) so then my second guest is Freddy Krueger himself, Robbie England. Now, Robbie England um, is right now he is promoting a show that a Blumhouse show about horror movies and the history of horror movies on epics. I believe that's on every Sunday night. And um, he he talks all about it, so you'll learn about it. But um, no, he he scared me when when I first answered the phone. He's like, "Hello, Lauren," and I just laugh really annoyingly. So sorry ahead of time. Um, no, but I'm excited for you guys to hear from these guys. But I also just wanted to dedicate this episode to my friend Bernie, who passed away last week. He is from the Bernie and Sid show, where I used to do entertainment. Um, I was the entertainment reporter. I did that for a while, and he was just an amazing man who has battled cancer the last year. He had prostate cancer that, you know, he didn't really get checked um, when it was in the early stages. So if anybody can learn from this, you know, get checked early on. Um, But it's been rough. I really miss Bernie. And if you guys see my Instagram and everything, I've just been finding all these old videos on my phone from the radio station, and he – 
He's just, he was just the best. I can't say enough. He really just made me feel amazing as an on-air personality. That just shows like how selfless he was, always willing to help. He never had an ego, never needed to be told good job. And he truly was one of the smartest men that I've ever met. So Bernie, I love you. Um, Okay, let's get started with um, Michael Berryman after this break. Most weight loss plans are one size fits all not taking into account each person's individual needs. Noom is built for your psychology and your biology, meeting you where you are. Noom Weight uses psychology. That's why they say losing weight starts with your brain. But it also takes into account your unique biological factors, which also affect weight loss success. The program helps you understand the science behind your eating choices and why you have cravings. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com. And check out Noom's first-ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for 100 healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available for pre-order wherever books are sold. And here's your prescription. I know just the pharmacy to get this filled. Who are you? A pharmacy benefit manager. A middleman your insurer uses to decide which medicines you can get, what you pay, and sometimes even which pharmacy you should go to. Why can't I go to a pharmacy in my neighborhood? Because I make more money when you go to a pharmacy I own. (laughs) No one should stand between you and your medicine. Visit phrma.org slash middleman to learn more. Paid for by Pharma. You know, I was very interested to see uh, how you started your your career. You owned a shop, right? And then you were discovered there by a director. Can you tell me about that? Yes. What happened was uh, I, uh, I I left uh, college, didn't have a degree, uh, done a lot of work experience. Long story short, I came back to my hometown, Santa Monica, and I met a friend that had, was renting a little cottage in Venice Beach, and she had house plants and. Um, it, was, it was nothing fancy. They were, you know, mm-hmm. just renting it month by month, and and her, uh, and then they would put artwork from the local artists, you know, and sell on commission. It was, it was not a career choice; it's just something she was doing. It was kind of fun. Well, mm-hmm. um, she asked me if I wanted to, you know, kind of join in on that, and you know, and you know, buy some bigger plants, and then we could sell them, and maybe make a go of it. And I said, Yeah, sure, why not? Okay. Well. Um, we did that. We didn't stay in business much longer after that, but the location was uh, off of uh, Washington West Washington Boulevard, which is right in uh, – well, right now it's in the very expensive district of Venice where um, they had antique stores with, uh, you know, stuff from Persia and, uh, and Egyptian antiquity and rich people. Yeah, which are, yeah which expensive are, stuff, yeah. Yeah, expensive stuff. So mm-hmm. one night they were having – uh, an event. It was an invitation only. So I mean, there was uh, you know chauffeurs and people coming in, and they were you know wine and hors d'oeuvres. And they said, if you could put some of your plants, like your palms and some of the bigger ones, it would make our uh, our, our our room here uh, look a little more home homeish. So I, I said, sure. So mm-hmm. we did that, and then we had some other friends of ours that were kind of arty farty, and everybody kind of dressed up as you know fantastic as they, as they wanted to, and. And we just milled around until it was time to close the doors and then take our plants back across the street. Okay. During that evening, I was introduced to George Powell because uh, uh, George's uh, daughter was um, one of the co-owners of her and her husband uh, on the store. It's called the Gallimaufry, the okay. famous antique. Uh, and 
so he walked up to me and 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 he, and, and he said, um, "Are you an actor?" And I go, "No, I just we got that little shop across the street, and mm-hmm. I, you know, I'm not an actor." And he says, "He says, well, I'm making a movie, and your face is interesting, and I think it would fit the the, the look for this character." And I go, "Well, I'm, you know, not an yeah. actor. I mean, yeah, just, just just call my office." And he gives me a business card that says. Uh, Warner Brothers and his name, ah. and I said, "Wow, you you produced the War of the Worlds. You're George Powell. Yes, you know, Journey to the Stars. Here, And he uh, he smiled and he said, "Just have a meeting at my office. You know, call the studio and and you'll get a pass and we'll have a meeting." Well, I did that, and uh, they said, uh-huh. "Okay, uh, we're gonna, you're going to work one day. Here's your here's your script. I'll pay you four hundred bucks, and uh, we're going to film in that Harold Lloyd's uh, mansion." And you're you're a coroner, and this is a Doc Savage movie, and I and, and I, it's supposed to be in Mexico anyway. I wait. What movie was this, Michael? Doc Savage. Okay, and what year was this? I'm thinking about the four hundred dollars he's paying you. Oh, uh, it was uh, in the seventies. I want to say seventy-four around there. Seventy-four. So that's like, that's like equivalent to four thousand dollars probably today, right? Something like that. Oh, it was right. Uh, yeah, it was a nice check. Well, not quite, but... Uh, yeah, but close. Something like, like that. It's a nice check for you for one day, right? Yeah, yeah. So um, I, I said, well, that's, that's cool. It came in handy. Uh, at the time, I was living on people's couches, and sometimes I'd stay at the little shop because it was an old little house. Um, yeah. And uh, living in the street, and, you know, I had a van and a dog, and, you know, I'm just struggling. And... Oh, wow. So uh, we worked uh, th- that one day, and then that was it. And uh, a couple months went by, and I got a phone call from Mike Fenton and Jane Feinberg, who were casting for Cuckoo's Nest, because they had been casting for George Powell's uh, Doc Savage. Yeah. And I never met them, but they saw a picture of me, and they go, ah, well, he could be a lobotomy patient. And right. So I, got a fo- so I got a phone call to me, uh, everybody in production, uh, um, and when they told me that Jack Nicholson was going to be McMurphy, and oh. and I told them about my father being a brain surgeon and surgeries yeah. that I had on my skull, and they said, they said it's all good fit. Michael Douglas and Joel Douglas, everybody was wonderful. And yeah. Pretty soon, I spent 127 days in in Oregon, and we did Christmas. Oh my gosh! I mean, that's hands down, one of my favorite movies. I want to ask you something about that, but I just want to go back really quick to when you said um, you were living on a van and you were living on the streets. Now, and you just mentioned this too, your dad, he was a brain surgeon. I'm just wondering how, I don't want to say like how your parents maybe let this happen, but did you not ask your parents for help or anything? Well, in my memoir, which uh, uh, hopefully I'll be having a... um, uh, a date for people to uh, avail it for getting close. Mm-hmm. Um, what had happened was uh, I came back from college and I had lost a lot of jobs because of uh, respect, uh, overheating uh, and, and other issues. Well, okay. that being said, when I left college and came home, I didn't have a degree. I just had to start over. And my mother was bipolar. She was going through some issues. And my dad was very, very ill. And uh, he, he oh. passed away. Just after he had seen me in the movie uh, Cuckoo's Nest, which uh, was thrilling for him. But when I came oh. home, uh, I was told not to. Uh, it was a huge house. It was 
sorry, five bedroom, but my my mother was uh, she was having issues, and she said, no, 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 you can sleep in the backyard in the tent. And that's what I did. And I was locked out out locked out of the house. And what I the hell? Up the yeah, well, yeah, that's what's happened. <laughs> it's in my Jeez. Oh, my uh, gosh. Does she, like, do, is your mom still alive? No. No, okay, I'm sorry. And I'm sorry about your father, but I'm I'm glad that he got to see Cuckoo's Nest, and I'm sure, you know, he was super proud of you. It gave him hope because he knew I was, uh, you know, it would be a challenge for me going forward. He knew that. Mm-hmm. He was, mm-hmm. uh, was Muhammad Ali's neurologist. I mean, the president of the United States, Oh, wow. I did not know that. Well, no, you wouldn't. I mean, Secret Service came to my house three times to take my dad to uh, check on uh, people that died. Wow. Bobby Kennedy and Marilyn Monroe. (gasps) Uh, Oh, my gosh. I just got chills, Michael. That's crazy. That's so crazy. That's That's why you grew up in, yeah, Cali. Well, uh, um, yeah, I grew up in. I love the beach, going surfing, all that good stuff. So that's kind of how it came together. Yeah, yeah. No, that's that's incredible. And I think that you have such you have such an amazing just uh, your presence is super amazing. I just started following you on TikTok yesterday, and you're just you're so cute. Like you're just so I love. Like I think there was one that I saw about you were like with a zombie in a truck. I don't even know what movie it was. And he's like, oh, like your truck, and you're just so adorable. Oh, I I don't know if people that say that to you, but. <laughs> that was a little, yeah. That was a little bitty, little song. That was at a convention, and that was one of the three uh, trucks from Jeepers uh, uh, Creepers. Okay, okay. No, I love it. Now I know Louise Fletcher. Louise Fletcher just passed away. Do you have any memories about Louise that you remember from from Cuckoo's Nest and working with her? Oh, oh of course. She was lovely. I actually, uh, I got we spoke of quite a few times a couple months before she passed. But oh, uh, wow. yeah, I'd say. Uh, one of the one of the um the uh very awesome lady. Sorry, can you come closer to the phone? You you sound very distant. We we uh, uh when she received her Oscar, she mm-hmm. signed her thank you because uh, her parents are mute. And oh. you know some of the people putting on the Oscar says, well that might upset some people. She goes, are you kidding? That's getting that Oscar. And my parents are right there in front of me. I want them to hear what I'm saying. Yeah. You know, so she's a straight uh, straight up girl. Uh, you know, <laughs> I, I, I've been told you that uh, you can't say gal anymore because I guess that's that's cool. No, yeah. you can. It's okay. It's okay. <laughs> he says I you mean, can. <laughs> but uh, Louise was very very sweet and. Um, it became a family. We worked 127 days with everybody, and so mm. uh, there was no secrets over time. And and uh, anytime I bump into Chris Lloyd or anybody from Cuckoo's Nest uh, or any film, actually, uh, it's it's a it is a big extended family in the industry that we work in, and we we love telling stories. And some yeah. stories are you know better than others. So yeah. How was Jack during that? How was what? How was Jack Nicholson working with him? Jack was, well, I like I love Jack. We, um, we hit it off very well. He's very, very, he's just a really, really honest, down to earth guy. He told me that if he was my height, he would have tried to, you know, try the NBA because he loves, <laughs> he loves the sport. Yeah. But he's, uh, he's, a, he's, a, he's a 
true, he's a true artist. He's just a real straight up guy. Just, uh, he, he walked off the set uh, one day, a half an hour early before lunch, because uh, there was a particular actor, the guy who plays Cheswick, was just, uh, I want my cigarettes, nurse rat. What gives you the time? I'm, yeah. I'm sorry, but it would have been that coffee. And, and so that one, he kept doing it over and over and over again. Yeah. And, and he just wouldn't listen to Milos. He wouldn't listen to the director. He wanted to steal every scene he was in. And oh. finally, uh, he, he got he got called to the car because Jack walked off the set. And, and he says, well, it's just another day, another 10 grand. Turns around and looks at it. And goes, yeah. it. We're all going, and I'm going, wow, I'm making 700 a week. Uh, he's making 10. But the point is, yeah. um, he doesn't put up with bullshit. Uh, I really right. have a lot of respect for Jack. And, and my favorite moment if you want to know what type of an actor presence he has yeah. go to Cuckoo's Nest when, when Billy's having his date and the chief and, and, and McMurphy are by the open window and they're a little tired and drunk and yeah, he, he, it's close up on Jack okay. and here's what you see he says ah, this won't take long you know what I mean chief and then he pauses and every night about that time and it happened alive you'll hear a train and me and just kept the camera running. So when you see it again, remember that scene. Okay. And, and it all happened live. So he, he looks up to the window. Here's the train. Brings his eyes down. And then he just does a <sighs> sigh. Which ah. just conveyed everything that had happened all the time that he had, you know, had been there and what he had gone through and how he was trying to help these, these other men. And that can bring the humanity out, and uh, it's just a beautiful, beautiful moment. And a lot of people think acting is fantastic and huge, and this that that acting. Yeah. Yeah. I want to act. I want to study, study stuff like that. Study what people do in between speaking. Mm. I that is that's a great point. Sometimes, yeah, you don't have to say anything at all. So now I want to go. Like right when we hang up, I want to go and watch that. Now, just uh, I want to clarify that scene that he walked off on because he was so frustrated. Who was saying that line about the cigarettes? Was that Danny DeVito? No. Who that was that character? Yeah, the one with the glasses. I just want for- my cigarettes. I want my. He's the guy when I'm getting the booze. Yeah. Spilling the all over me. Yeah, that's him. And that was a super critical, important scene. And um, the director, that's when they dragged him down the, down the hallway and yelled at him. But no, that's when a, another actor took him to the corner and was going to punch him out. Oh, my gosh. That's so uh, funny. We were not very happy with this thing. Yeah, that's annoying. It's like you just want to get through it. Why don't you listen? I'm trying to remember who. So I, it wasn't Martini. It wasn't. Who the hell was it? I'll have to go back and. Oh, uh, oh, I know. It was Cheswick. Cheswick. The boat did the. Uh, on Popeye the Sailor, uh, uh, he was uh, Cheswick. Cheswick, yes. Okay, Holy that shit. little shit. Sidney Lassick, that's his name. <laughs> Sorry, right. I feel bad if he's already passed away. Um, But just to, um, I wanted to ask you, just because you've done so many horror movies now, did you ever like horror movies? Were you ever like a horror movie fan or did you just become one by doing so many of them? Well, when I grew up in the days of black and white television and six channels, we would watch uh, the universal uh, creature features, you know, all of, all of them, you know, the mommy, Frankenstein, all of them. We, 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 we loved it. Children's theater, loved it, yeah. loved it, loved it. 
a big fan. And then uh, you get typecast according to how you look, how you act. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, that, that, that's a crapshoot. I've, I've done uh, the, um, a whole range of, from music videos to uh, comedies to you name it. But um, I had somebody one time in an interview that asked, uh, why, why horror? Don't you think it makes people want to do bad things? I go, no, that's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have to have a strong antagonist to, uh, to let the hero have a, a part to rise up to, to be heroic, so to speak. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, Dark Knight of Soul, All Hope is Lost. Can they, are they going to make it the root court? You're the audience. Going, I don't know. I don't know if they'll be able to, to conquer the situation. Sometimes right. you just win, sometimes you lose. Right. So I find, and and oh, most of us in the, in the, in that field, we we find that, uh, well, for example, growing up as a kid, turn on the news, uh, nuclear bombs are going to destroy all life on Earth. So your 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 life is constantly uh, going to be in nothing. And even today, there's there's so much flap out there. You know, the billionaires are are going to be trillionaires. They're, they're going to take over the world. You, you know, we're going to be turned into the Matrix. You know, they're putting stuff in our food. They're doing this. They're doing that. You know what? We don't have any control over that. Mm. You, you can do the best you can. I try to put good people in, in government, and, and, and but it comes down to local. Even mm-hmm. like you know, Hillary, I'm not a big Hillary fan, but she does something important. Takes a village. Well, you know what? It does. Right. And the village can be as small as small as you yourself and I and and your family, and you go out from there and just try to do no harm. Yeah. You know? Yeah. The most important yeah. image, uh, ever, the most important image ever that everybody should. Go back and look at and, and just stare at it and dwell, and, and maybe you'll be inspired. And that is the first image of Earth from outer space. Wow. I never thought of that to look at that. Back, back, wow. in, back in the uh, hippie days, there was the whole Earth catalog, and I think I still make it. But on the front of the whole Earth catalog was one side of the Earth, and, and on the back was the other. Yeah. The most beautiful blue orb that we'll ever experience. Yeah. Oh you want to be a super soldier on Mars? We have people already there. Who cares why? Are the aliens going to take over? Are they going to hybrid us into hybrids? Maybe it's fascinating. Is it a skinwalker ranch? Is it an anomaly? Okay, that's all fine. But what yeah. are you going to do one forward in front of the next foot? What is your day to day to day? Yeah. Right, right. You know? Yeah. Well, as, uh, you know. Make a difference. Yes, no, absolutely. And and just speaking with you has been such a pleasure. You you really are so. I feel like you'd be so good at Jeopardy. I don't know if you watch it. I just feel like you have like you know so much stuff, and you're just very intelligent. I feel like you'd you'd literally kick ass at Jeopardy. uh, I have friends who are. uh, I actually have some friends that I've known since second grade who are straight A four point professors, and one of them was actually on Jeopardy. Oh. And did quite well, but um, <laughs> I feel like that should be uh, you. You need to do it. Like you'd be so good. Uh, uh, too much, too much trivia to memorize. But uh, overall, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm intelligent. But the, the, the thing that drives me most is humanity rising. Mm, I love Here, that. Mm-hmm. Well, you really do have such an important story, Michael. I really really, really respect you for it. And I, I just, um, I really enjoy talking to you. So thank you so much for your time. It's an honor and a pleasure. And, uh, remember, uh, every day above ground is a good day. Oh yes. Amen. Amen. Michael Barryman. Thank you so much. It's been a pleasure. Thank you.
okay, that was Michael Berryman. He's such a gentle, sweet soul, right? Like, oh my gosh, such a nice guy. And, you know, I'm he's got an, an interesting story, you know, with with his dad being like Muhammad Ali's surgeon and then him being homeless, living in the backyard to, to you know, living in cars. It's crazy. But I'm so glad that he's doing well now. So, okay, let's go on to Robbie England because you're going to love him and you're going to love his creepy voice. So I'll stop talking. Here's Robbie England. Hello, Lauren. Ah! <laughs> so good. Sorry, you just gave me chills. That's amazing. Do it again. Do it again. Trick or treat, Lauren. <laughs> <laughs> you just literally made my entire month. How are you? I'm great. I'm a little jet lagged. I just uh, got back from Spain, and and, and, and and you know, I've been, I'm so happy to be uh, uh, talking about uh, my my narration project, Blumhouse's Compendium of Horror, on the Epics Channel. Because I, when I did it, I mm-hmm. I hadn't seen any of it. I was doing it cold, you know, in the recording booth, and just trying to get my timing down so they could fit my uh, my my narration, you know, to yes. the to the images that I hadn't seen. But right. now I've been watching it, and I'm so proud to be part of this project because they, I mean, I don't know who these research guys were that mm. that Blumhouse hired, but they just really knew what they wanted. They dug so deep into the history of horror movies, and the images are so fresh on this. I, I you know, mo- I would say at least. 60, 70 percent of them you've never seen before. They're just great Ooh. images. And okay. I think you know how we've always, we see the same stuff from The Exorcist or from mm-hmm. Halloween over and over and over. They've got really new stuff, wow. which is really great. Oh, that's so exciting. Okay, so tell me, when does that premiere on Epics? Well, I think it's been on all month. Okay? Oh, it has. I okay. Okay. I understand it. It's you know it's on Sunday nights okay. uh, on the Epic Channel here all month long for October for Halloween. But if you go on, you know if you mm-hmm. go if you go look for Epics and you hit episodes for Blumhouse's Compendium of Horror, you can go back and find the uh, first couple of episodes. Okay. Uh, I I've only seen it. I've just seen it up to the 1970s. Uh, I've oh, seen it from silent gosh. movies to the 1970s, and I'm just so impressed. Uh, I, I'm yeah. learning stuff. I, I mean, you know, I had this little movie that uh, that haunted me as a child that I mm. watched, you know, on the uh, on the Saturday afternoon matinee on the or on the late 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 show. I can't remember which. Yeah. When I was seven or eight years old, called Them. It's one of those radioactive fear of of Cold War atomic yeah. 50s movies with, and this one's about giant ants, but oh, it's done God. all in black white and cinema verite documentary style and uh starring james whitmore great james whitmore and it's just it haunted me as a child and the sound effects the sound effect for the giant ants is like a a classic sound effect so they they highlighted that in the in the blumhouse compendium of horror and i'm so i just felt when i saw that i realized we were really on the same page you know with respect for the genre and that they were and and the, the stuff they had about that and invasion of the body snatchers and rosemary's baby <laughs> yeah and halloween yeah. The interviews with john carpenter the director of halloween and with jamie right. lee curtis are just amazing yeah well you know i want i wanted to ask you well two things um like was the ant thing was that sort of what got you into horror movies in general when you watched that you weird know, movie with the giant ants <laughs> 
Well, you know that I mean I was a, a fan of horror as a child, and okay. I would you know mow lawns and take my my allowance, and I would go to the Saturday matinees, and mm-hmm. I think the, the the preponderance of stuff that we saw was either. You know, sci-fi. I remember seeing Forbidden Planet the first week, and and right. other great movies. You know, uh, Twenty Thousand Leagues Under the Sea. I saw the premiere at Grauman's Chinese Theater, which now is Man's Chinese Theater on Hollywood Boulevard. Wow. Uh, and, and I love that stuff. And um, and so, but I think the, the the thing that made me say yes to Freddy Krueger yeah. was an old uh, coffee table book called The Movies. And in the mm-hmm. silent film section, they had uh, a page of photographs, you know, maybe twice the size of a postage stamp, okay. of all of the different makeups that Lon Chaney, who played Phantom of the Opera, all the different makeups he wore. And we all know the story about him putting the paper clips in his nose, yeah. you know, to make, to make his nostrils expand for, for his Phantom of the Opera makeup. But yeah. there was one makeup of a blind guy, and he had, Lon Chaney had boiled an egg. And taken the shell off, and he carefully Ooh. took the the uh, uh, placentia around the egg white off that that skin, and he put that over his eyes to make them look milky and blind. Ew, that's what so gross. It's like the first contact lens, but it worked. You know, and, and I remember knowing that. Yeah. And it just, it just. So I think way in the back of my of my adult brain was this little boy, Robbie England, who always wanted, you know, to do special effects makeup because of this book and yeah. this section about Lon Chaney, you know, and, yeah. and the man of faces they used to call him, and that's probably why I said yes to Wes Craven all those years ago. Yes, I mean, you are, seriously, you're like a staple, you're a legend, and now you brought up John Carpenter, and you brought up Halloween. I'm going to be totally honest with you. They recently have just ruined it for me with Halloween ends, Halloween kills. It's getting so bad. I'm like, why are you guys doing this? They're the worst movies now, and it really is ruining the whole, you know? Well, tell me, have you seen them? You haven't. I haven't seen the new one. I actually contributed to the original. My downstairs neighbor was in the art department. He was working props, and he asked me to help him gather leaves one day in our outside of our Hollywood apartment. Uh, and so this is, funny. You know, way back in the late seventies, I was collecting unemployment and and probably you know drinking a Heineken watching daytime television and I went out with a garbage bag and we picked up dead leaves so we could throw leaves in front of the fan you know when yeah. Jamie Lee Curtis was walking down the street to make Pasadena look like it was the Midwest oh that is so, funny in a, in a small, small way, I, I contributed to the success of the original Halloween. Well, that was but the I good have, one, the original. Now they're terrible. Yeah. Well, you know, people didn't, people weren't real, real fond of the uh, reboot of Nightmare on Elm Street either. So we'll I didn't see mind that. I liked it. I, I really liked it, Robert. I, um, I've, I liked all of the Nightmare on Elm Streets. And also I respect the fact that they don't keep remaking them every two freaking years. You know what I mean? Because then it takes away yeah. from the original. So it just takes away from everything. And now you are a horror movie fan. I only have like a minute left here, but you know, I, what, tell me, okay, besides the ant movie, I have a couple favorites, but tell me what your favorite horror movie is. That's difficult, but I would say that some movies that always stay in my top two or three, Rose, uh, Rosemary's Baby, yes. and also there's a 1974 film uh, by Brian De Palma, the great director, called, and very early in his career, mm. low budget, <clears throat> called Sisters. 
and it's Ooh. about Siamese twins starring Margot Kidder, Lois Lane from Superman, yeah. as the Siamese twins. But there's a mad doctor in that movie also, uh, played by the late, great William Findlay, who's in many movies. I worked with him in, in a movie called Death Trap, uh, a.k.a. Okay. Eaten Alive, but he's also in The Fury and, and, and Phantom of the Paradise and other great films. But... Uh, he does the best mad doctor I've ever seen in movies. Wait, and this sounds so good. Uh, sisters, you said. Yeah, there's a Trying sequence in that movie using split screen. It's the best okay. use of split screen I've ever seen in the movies. So check out Brian De Palma's Sisters. Okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to check that out. My all-time favorites that scare the living shit out of me are definitely Devil's Rejects, probably, and House of a Thousand Corpses. Those always freak me out. But, Robert, Those I do... I'm impressed. Yes, I'm impressed. I am hardcore, bro. What do you think, man? I am hardcore, but I I love you. I love your movies. You are the best Freddy Krueger. And after talking to you, I'm even more obsessed with you. You are so friendly, so nice, and I love your voice. So um, good well, luck with you. everything. Yeah, and thank you so much. Well, happy Halloween, darling. You bye too. Bye. bye. All right, Freddy Krueger himself. I love it. Okay, I hope you guys like this very spooky episode of Lauren Interviews. I will be back next week with a couple of other fun guests. And you know the drill. If you like this podcast, don't forget to rate and subscribe on Apple or wherever you listen. And until next time, thanks for listening. <laughs>